So this morning, we're going to have a little bit of sharing um, first about the retreat two weekends ago, um, Change the Globe, went to Logan Valley. There was 40 of us, and we spent the weekend um, in prayer and worship and learning about discipleship and different aspects of that. God did some really cool stuff, and Faith Notes is going to come, and she's going to share just a little bit. It was uh, something that I decided the night before. Um, I originally had a huge weekend planned out with a friend, and that uh, crumbled away. So I was like, well, might as well go. Uh, I was looking forward to a weekend of relaxing, and uh, just I knew we would have you know times of worship and spending time with God. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That's kind of what I need right now, because this uh, being a first-year teacher right now, I'm kind of like stressed out beyond my mind. Um, and... I don't know, I guess going there, it was just, for those of you who've gone to Logan Valley and have been touched there, like, you go back and it's like, oh, I'm home again. (laughs) This is so nice. There's no troubles, there's no worries, and there's no service. (laughs) So no one can reach me. It's kind of (laughs) awesome. Um, We did have just some great times of worship, and um, these guys planned out long times for us to really be in God's word and uh, to study, which was awesome. I think one of the things that stuck out to me this weekend, um, I love talking to the Logan Valley staff. They, they always have just interesting stories to say and uh, just aspects of life that they've been through. One of them, David, not Dave, not Dave, David, um, he was one of the cooks that was there this week. And he just, um, this man, every time he talked about God and every time he talked about the miracles that he had seen God do, this guy would weep. He would cry in front of me. This grown man um, in his late 50s would just cry in front of me. He probably did it about half a dozen times. And I was, like, blown away. I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, like, this guy, he just, his love for God and for God's work is blowing me away. And so we got to talking about it and the things that he experienced and the things that he just believes God can do. And he loves prayer, and he believes that God can move through the power of prayer. And... um and I just shared with him some things that I was experiencing and just, I mean, I'll be, I'll, re, I'll be real with you guys. When it comes to love, I don't really understand it. I just, I don't, when it comes to forgiveness or self-worth, I'm still kind of like, what is all that? So I kind of shared with him and he's like, you know, Faith, it just, you've got to, you know, you've got to uh, believe in it and you've got to seek it out. You've got to find it. He put it in this aspect where it's like, you know, um, for those of you who are in high school or for those of you who are going through college right now, Like, yes, you entered into that situation in life. So, yes, I have been saved. But there's a certain point where I haven't quite graduated yet. And I think what he was, and I was kind of trying to understand what he was talking about, but um, as I've been, like, detoxing from that awesome weekend, um, I think it's clear that it's like there are certain things in my life that unless I'm willing to give those up, I can't reach that point of graduation into where I kind of, like, receive those blessings of just, like, complete abandonment from myself. So that was, that was crazy. And he's like, Faith, you need to find time, and you need to get alone with God, and you need to ask him to reveal himself to you. It's like, okay. So I went by myself for about an hour. <laughs> Nothing happened. I was quite disappointed. But as I was, like, sitting there with God and just, like, I'm like, God, I know you're here. And I know that I'm asking for the right thing. And I know you're not showing up in the way that I want you to right now. 
But I've got to go to dinner, so I guess we'll continue this another time. Um, so kind of was like a little bummed about that. Hey, it's okay. God wants to use me. He can. And that night during worship in the message, uh, Justice was talking about being, like, actually being um, the church and, like, what the church, like, what our body is supposed to be doing here for each other. And we went back to the early church and what that means. And it just kind of, like, blew me away because there's, like, five or six different jobs that we should be doing for each other willingly, eagerly. And I don't do that a lot. Um, and so that just kind of, that hurt me, and I knew that it was kind of an overbearing sense, so, um, but during our last time of worship, everyone was kind of, you know, I, I just felt like it was heavy in the room, so I kind of, like, was like, hey, guys, like, this is, like, even though the tasks before us are really, like, kind of hard for some of us, some of us might be intimidated by that, God will give us the strength to do it. He's called us to, he'll give us the strength to do it, and it was crazy because I think I said the word vulnerable and in that moment God was like boom faith it starts with you and I was like fine so I had a vulnerable moment with everyone there and just sharing with them my struggles sharing with them what happened earlier in that day and it gave me the opportunity to talk to a couple people and just like that we can do this and so it was just it was awesome i Mike and Justice happened to be walking past me after the night, and I just kind of, like, freaked out and cried in front of them because I was like, God, use me! <laughs> and I was, like, so excited but weeping at the same time. It was, it was awesome. Um, but to kind of wrap up, I left there with still a lot of questions because, you know, God didn't show up. So I have a lot of questions still. And it's funny how the devil will kind of, like, attack those certain areas when you come home. And so the last, like, two weeks, I was just kind of, like, struggling. And what, what am I supposed to be doing with this? You said, you would, like, I should, re- I should ask for you to reveal yourself to me. And I just feel kind of lost right now. And what about this and this and this and this? I think I wrote out an entire page of questions I had for God. And it must have been somewhere between last Sunday and now that God was like, um, I was teaching boys' Bible at Living Word Christian High. And Moses questions God in this lesson. And finally, God's just like, listen, who made the mouth? Who made the ears? Come on, dude, don't you think you know, don't you think I know what I'm doing? Kind of like that was kind of the point that was getting across. And it was just kind of like, I have all my questions, but don't I trust God that he's got it all figured out? So that was something that God was like, you know, you're just, you're just not trusting me in this. You're really just not like putting these questions aside. So I'm going to keep searching for whatever that God needs to reveal to me, and I can't wait to get to that graduation point because I know the things that I need to overcome. But uh, till then, that weekend was awesome, and you guys should definitely consider in the future going, and even if it's just to spend time with God, you'll see him work. My beautiful wife. All right, so you'll have to forgive me uh, if my brain's a little scattered because it's been a really long week at work, and I was gone all day, so I'm a little tired. But I did want to share a couple things that the Lord just revealed to me at the retreat a couple weekends ago. Um, On Saturday night, I guess really what Mike and Justice were talking about that particular weekend was, what is 
what does it mean to really walk with the Lord? What does it mean to be a disciple? What are things that, um, you know, we should be doing as almost 20-somethings and 20-somethings, you know? What should we be at work doing? And learning about the Lord in this season of our life. And Justice talked Saturday night about work and church life. So your vocation, what you want to go into, and what you should be busy doing at church. And uh, the Lord really hit me with um, conviction in that I have not really been as thankful for my job as I should be. Um, I have the blessing of working at a a Christian high school and a Christian middle school. um, And I have the ability to share the word of the Lord um, every day if I want to. Um, And I have just been complaining a lot about certain things that I don't like there. um, Because, you know, there's there's a perfect job out there somewhere, right? You know? (laughs) that we'll never complain about. Um, And so um, Justice was talking about how important it is to search for work and to desire some type of a vocation where you do have opportunities of ministry, Um, whether that's to um, the unsaved or the thing, you know, the kids that think they're saved at Christian High and then, um, you know, those who truly are saved and in ministry in other areas. And so I was truly beginning to understand how um, blessed I am to be where I am, and that has really changed a lot um, in the way I work, in the way I walk in in the morning. I'm just so thankful that I'm there, even if there's some things there I don't like or it's just hard work sometimes. And so I've been very thankful recently, and that's um, just affected the way that I actually work and I talk. And so I'm very thankful for that. And then uh, secondly, there was a second part in this. Oh, um, secondly, the idea that as we live according to God's word and as we search for his will, it will be done. And I know that I was in a place right after I graduated that I I didn't have a job. I interviewed for several jobs uh, at public schools and different places, and the Lord kept saying no. Um, but in my humanness, in my fallenness, it was easier to say, oh, I'm not good enough. Um, you know, I should have prepared better. I should have done this. But all the while, God was saying, no, you know, that's, that's not where I want you. And so for the first semester, or well, yeah, the first semester after I graduated, I worked with special ed kids and I loved it. Um, but that was not where God wanted me in the end. But I didn't know that. I was just you know, okay, I guess I'm not good enough yet to be a, a music teacher. I, I, I'll, I'll do this what I can, you know, because I could do it with 60 credit hours or whatever. And then God opened up an opportunity in the middle of the year, January 2013, um, when they asked me to teach at Christian High. And it was amazing. It's amazing even now to look back and say, no, it's not that I wasn't good enough. It's God had something better in mind. And when you're in that place where you're not getting what you think you want or deserve or need, um, or think is best, like God always has a plan that's better as long as you're living according to his word. Um, it says um, in Proverbs 3, like, as long as we are living for him, I'm paraphrasing, like, he'll make our paths straight. And even if that's not exactly what we look lo- uh, look for, or, or even that's not what we think should be happening, or in our time Uh, our own time frame, God has the best in mind. And I'm so thankful now that I didn't get those other jobs, but that I got this one, and that I had to just wait on God's timing for that, uh, living according to his word. So I'm very, very thankful for um, those opportunities. And I also wanted to share one more thing. Um, The Lord just really is continuing to put this on my heart, put this on my heart. Um, 
and this has nothing to do with retreat, so I'm sorry. But um, I do want to share with you that the Lord has removed uh, fear and stress from my life in the last week. Um, and it's only because um, the Lord has told me that I, after I'm able to do my best, that he takes over. And I don't have to do above and beyond, and I don't have to worry about certain things. And worry and stress has been um, a huge thing in my life, even after you know this year at camp where we were talking about I'm no longer a slave to fear. I felt like I had learned that in my head, but school hadn't started yet. So it's easy to, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I've learned that, and you're still in summer. Um, but as soon as school started, I fell back into my old, uh, old ways of being um, stressed and worried. Um, just anxious all the time. And last week, the Lord revealed to me through my husband and through um, my school's chapel that I don't need to worry anymore. And I just had a huge day yesterday, this big acapella fest that normally I would be out of my mind stressed about. Um, And so my health suffers when I'm stressed and all of that. And the Lord just took it away last week, and I haven't been stressed at all. And so I just want to encourage you... um, to give all that to the Lord. If you're a person like me who stresses and is anxious about so many things, um, after we do our best, the Lord takes over. And I am very thankful that that burden has been lifted and I'm going to live um, fear-free. And it's not that I don't ever, my thoughts don't begin that way. I have to cut them short and say, no, God has taken care of this. Um, But I want you to be able to be fear-free because I have um, felt so free um, this last week. And so just be encouraged to give those um, fears and worries over to the Lord. Thank you, church. Amen. One more person on the retreat, Sarah Wilson. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, so the retreat was really good. Uh, it was a great time of fellowship, and uh, the worship was great, and the messages were great. Um, I think uh, the main thing that God taught me uh, – was um, it was through something Mike said when he was speaking. Uh, he was talking about um, the Israelites and how um, they like missed out on so much because they like were so busy looking back. Like God brought them out of Egypt, but they were in the wilderness and they were like focused on everything that was going wrong, like right now. And they were looking back, and they were like, oh, things were better, like, when we were back there. And um, they, like, ended up, you know, not getting into the promised land, that first group, because they were, like, so busy, like, just stuck on that, you know. And um, just coming from having a pretty rough past year, um, it was just a good reminder that uh, I shouldn't be, like, so looking back. Um, I should uh, just trust God even in the hard times that uh, he is taking me somewhere and um, uh, just um, trust that he has a plan. So, yeah. Amen. Good word. Okay, so that was um, two weekends ago. And then last weekend we went to uh, the Rethink Conference in Dallas. And um, it was about an 11-hour uh, car ride down. We left at um, 5.30 in the morning, and uh, it was an awesome weekend. We ended up taking, was it 14 youth, right? 12 youth? Okay. There's about 20 of us, and we piled into two different vehicles, um, and we, we had a really good time. We're going to have a couple people come up and share. Um, but first, um, the president of the um, organization at Stand to Reason, Greg Kokel. Um, actually ended up giving us a shout-out on his radio program. 
So we just want to listen to that clip because it's just kind of cool. Uh, I saw a, a I saw a, a photograph of somebody who tweeted, and the photograph was taken when it was really dark. It turns out it was five thirty in the morning. I found out later. The back of the van had written on the window, "Rethink or bust." It was one of two vans <laughs> leaving St. Louis at five thirty in the morning, holding a total of thirty people from St. Louis across Missouri, across Oklahoma, down into Texas to Dallas all day, 11, 11 hours or something, traveling on Friday to get to the event. And they were texting and, and uh, uh, tweeting all the way down. <laughs> it was great. So that was us. And we, we were texting and tweeting the whole weekend. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, we have a couple pictures because one of the things that Justice challenged our group with was we took a box of the... Um, the book of life that we have in the back, and we took a box of 100, and he challenged um, the youth to uh, pass them out. And so we have a couple pictures of, um, I mean, these, we would hand these books out, and people, and a couple people started reading them, like right then. So this is at the stop, I think, in Oklahoma, and um, this guy is reading it. Uh, we gave it to him, and he was eating lunch, and he just started reading it right there. And now it's time to worship. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the guy, uh, not the close guy, there's two guys kind of in the background there, and the guy in the black shirt in the background, um, he had been reading the book at this point for probably two or three minutes, because we had handed it to him, um, gone back inside, got back in the van, we're getting ready to pull out, and he is still standing there um, reading this uh, book of life, which is the Gospel of John, it has the plan of salvation at the beginning from the Gideons. So I think there might be one more picture, maybe. And that's, um, actually, there's two more. So Jordan, um, Jordan and, um, and Josh Arnold were like little evangelists. Um, really, everyone was, but they, they were big time. So here's Jordan sharing uh, with a motorcyclist at one of our stops. And then I think she also had an opportunity to share with the, um, the greeter at Walmart. She talked with him for probably 30 minutes. It was the entire time we were in Walmart. We kind of took over Walmart one night. It really wasn't... <laughs> was not our plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't our plan, but we were, every place we stopped, we would just have the box out and tell the kids to grab some and look for opportunities to hand them out. And they, I mean, our youth did a phenomenal job. And so we went into Walmart one night to buy souvenirs because that's where you go for souvenirs in Texas, apparently. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, each kid took a handful, and, um, and we didn't even tell them to do this. Um, but they pretty much went throughout Walmart as they were getting their souvenirs and were handing out these um, book of lives to the different customers. And um, we didn't even get kicked out of Walmart, so it was, it was pretty cool. Um, all in all, I think we pretty much emptied the box. So we, we handed out 100 um, Gospels um, within Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you've got to keep in mind that on Friday, we're in the van for 11 hours, so most of your day is taken. Then we're at the conference. And then Sunday we left at 6, 7 in the morning. And again, we're in the van for 11. So there's not like, we didn't have three days where we're just interacting with unbelievers, really. We had to make the most of every opportunity, and our youth did a phenomenal job. Yeah, because we didn't let them hand out life books at the conference. Yeah, that would be cheating, okay? Going to a Christian conference, handing out the book. No. All right. So it was at the gas stops, at the the lunch places, the dinner places. 
Um, and it was very cool to see. So we're going to have a couple youth um, come up and share um, about the conference and some different things that the Lord um, impressed upon them. And Logan Bond is the first one. Come on up, Logan. And he's got his shirt. You can use that mic. He's got his shirt on and everything. Hello, everybody. Um, so this past weekend, me and a couple other people, we went to Texas. And um, um, like this last weekend, or like last weekend, not like this. Okay, you know what? <laughs> um, so it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it. I hope everybody else did too. And well, one of the things that like really moved me was um, one of the speakers, Jay Warner Wallace. He's my favorite. Um, he was speaking, and he does, like, a lot of cold case stuff. Um, and before he was a Christian, he was actually an atheist, which is a fun fact. Um, and, like, he, as an atheist, he was, like, trying, he said that he tried to, like, prove Christianity wrong. And, um, and he used his cold case skills to do that. But then one day he decided to use his cold case uh, skills to see if Christianity was actually true. And he's talking about that, and then in the end, he's like, I don't believe in Christianity because, um, I don't know what he said. He's like, it's good or something. Oh, he's like, I believe in Christianity because it's evidentially true. And that, like, hit me that I can believe in it because it's evidentially true. And so that's just something I wanted to share today with you guys. Next, we got Josh Arnold. Give it up for Josh. All right. Um, okay, Rob, you should stand up, actually. He looks like Jay Warner Wallace a little bit. I don't know if it's just because he's old or what, but he does. Anyways, we'll get back to the point. Um, so I went to the Rethink Conference, right? And I, like, learned a lot and learned a lot and kept learning. And when I, I like, bought a book, um, and it was good. I didn't finish reading it yet. But it, uh, so, like, this week I was reading James. And uh, and I was, I was reading it. It's talking about, like, um, not just listening but become doers and, like, not just looking in the mirror and then walking away because I know some of you guys need to, you need to look at change. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I was just like, I think it's a big part to like, you need to look in the mirror and change. <laughs> You're not like, you can hear and listen and keep listening, but nothing's going to change unless you start doing. So like, I don't know, like going, like going out and like handing out the life books is like, so like, it's so easy. <laughs> like I know it's for some people it is hard. Easy like, for you, Josh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like easy i guess and hard for some people <laughs> but it's like i would walk up to people and say here here's a book of john and then walk away and they would take it so sorry <laughs> and it's just like it's just like you don't like need to say something huge or give like a 20 minute lecture or something like about it you could just say like three words <laughs> and it's like just good um to like hand them out because like when i handed out i started like talking to some guy about like uh about, like, how do you get saved and whatnot, and, like, won't go too far into it, um, but, yeah, <laughs> and so, like, another thing is, like, I was at school, like, the week before we went, and I, this girl, like, 
was like, I could tell she didn't like me. And I was like, I was like, why do you not like me? And she's like, because you're so happy all the time. She's like, I hate you for it. And I, and I was like, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it's like, it, like just this week seeing like doing like, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like reading James like shows like you don't have to do much. Like you could just live out Jesus and people, you share the gospel from it. And I, I was able to talk to the girl about God and stuff, but like, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is live out God. <laughs> live like him. <laughs> you don't need to share. You don't have to walk up to people like, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Just live out God and, like, follow his rules. <laughs> I know it's like sometimes it is hard. But just, like, that's why, like, we have to have faith. We have to trust God. We can't, like, can't just, like, expect something like, oh, hold on one second. I've got to think this through. So, like, God gives us faith, right? And, like, it talks about in James, too. Like, he gives us this to use it, not put it to waste. Like, if I gave Austin $100, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, you're going to buy something. (laughs) You're you're not going to just throw it away, right? So it's like, we need to use what God gives us. It's free. (laughs) That's what I told a lot of people that I give the book to. (laughs) It's free. (laughs) But it's... (laughs) He, like, gave it to us free. Like, I know he had to die, but, like, for us, it's free. We don't have to do anything. And so it's just, I think, like, a lot of people need to see that we just have to have faith. We have to trust. And that's, like, the biggest part about sharing the gospel. Because if you're not trusting God during that time, what is there? Like, there's nothing. You know what I mean? So it's just, like, I think that's one big thing. So, yeah. That's good. Next, we're going to hear from Jake. Give it up for Jake. Is this a personal record for you three times today? Or Yeah, a, I think it was. And it could blessed. have been four. So you're blessed that it wasn't four. <laughs> uh, well, so I really kicked myself last year when uh, the Rethink Conference was announced. And... Uh, you know, I was like, oh, that would be so cool to go to, and then I didn't go. Uh, and it, it, uh, it, it depressed me. It depressed me uh, to the point where I was like, if, if that's announced again, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. So when, uh, when I think Andrea did the announcement, right, uh, about a month or two ago, uh, I was certain that I wanted to go, absolutely certain that I wanted to go. And then I was like, well, wait a second. I guess I have to bring at least one of my sons because <laughs> this is, you know, for the youth. It's for the, for the, was, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the, for, for the youth. So Daniel came along with me. Uh, and uh, uh, who knows? Maybe next year uh, Daniel and Ethan will go, will go. So, you know, I, uh, it was different going as, as a parent, as a father, uh, instead of uh, uh, participating uh, as a student, you know, I've uh, I had participated a lot uh, in the past, uh, more as a, a student, uh, as a learner, and I still am a learner. But uh, to get that perspective of um, of a parent, of a, f- a father, uh, trying to uh, trying to teach his son, or say, hey, son, pay attention to these people; they really know what they're talking about. Um, it uh, it was different for me. It was it, it was. Uh, 
uh, kind of new, which is kind of funny. I have an 11-year-old, and, you know, we, we, uh, we do catechism, and we do homeschool, and uh, things like that. But uh, I don't know. For some reason, it was, it was different for me. I don't know, possibly because I have really fond memories of apologetics conferences and things like that. So this was a, a chance to share that with, uh, with my son. So um, wanted to put in a plug. I'm, uh, I'm sure that uh, there's going to be some group going next year. Matter of fact, I heard there may be a couple conferences at different times, potentially. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. So uh, well, stay tuned. <clears throat> All right, and Christy Maloney. Give it up for Christy. Okay. Well, I went to the Rethink, and I don't have a student. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sitting back in the back, and Andrea's announcing this. I'm like, oh, man, I would just, I'd love to go to that thing. And my husband turns to me, he's like, why don't you go? And I'm like, um, do you know the ages of our boys and how many we have, right? I mean, seven, six, five, one, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I, are you serious? It's like, yeah, go. I'm like, yes. So <laughs> I went to Rethink, and I was very blessed. Um, it was different going as an adult, um, even though my, none of my boys went, but I'm, it was different going as an adult versus a student. Cause I remember I'm sitting in Sean McDowell's talk on, you know, basically why Jesus isn't like the other religious people, basically Mormonism and, you know, the other mystery religions, that kind of thing. And I'm sitting there thinking back and Mike Cromwell, you may remember this because we were in high school together. So you may remember this, sitting and listening, talking about Josh McDowell as a high schooler, as you guys' age, listening to Josh McDowell, his father, talk about apologetics. You know, evidence that demands a verdict, more than a carpenter. I still have an old copy of more than a carpenter. So it was really, I had forgotten how much I loved apologetics. Um, and... I try to read a lot. I have a stack of books this big on my nightstand, right? I've got to get through, um, or that I want to get through. But I did buy more books at the conference. <laughs> Called my husband, hey, um, yeah, maybe spend a little bit more than agreed upon this weekend. Um, <laughs> so they're awesome. I'm excited to get started reading them. Two of the things that really um, I felt... I mean, just really, the Lord worked. Um, I was in the van with Sean McCartney and Amanda woo and Allie. We had a great time. Um, it was great getting to, to connect with, you know, all the younger people. I can say that now because I'm 41. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things was I was sitting. One of my favorite things to do at conferences is to sit in the lobby and drink coffee and have my quiet time. I just love that, the whole atmosphere type of thing. So I'm sitting there in the lobby drinking my, my cappuccino, because they have a cappuccino machine. And um, I am not a very extroverted person. Now you may th be thinking, what? But I'm really not. Give me a book, 
leave me in a room, and I'm perfectly happy. Um, my husband is the extrovert that, you know, is like, whoa. Um, but that's good because we balance each other out. But anyway, I digress. Um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm praying, and I'm asking the Lord. We're doing an Armor of God Bible study. And she's talking about faith and putting your faith into action and how faith is acting like God is telling you the truth. And I'm like, so I'm doing my Bible study and, you know, the Lord is impressing upon me that I need to pass out these, these books, right? The books of John. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, this is not my strength. Um, I have a hard time walking up to people, you know, that fear factor, that anxiety thing, you know. And, um, and I said, okay, Lord, I know this is what your word says I need to do. But I am just, I'm afraid. So can you give me some confirmation that I actually need to do what you tell me I need to do? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and God in his graciousness, and, you know, Psalm says that he is mindful that we are but dust. And he knows that. And he knows that. And he, he graciously allowed me a confirmation of what I knew I was already supposed to do. So I'm sitting there having my quiet time and Justice walks up there and smacks like 10 to 15 life books <laughs> right in front of me. And I say, whoa. I'm like, oh, there's for me. He's like, well, you for anybody who wants to, I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, he doesn't understand. Those are for me. I'm like, whoa. So I take like, grab like eight of them and um, I pass them out. The various people. And I use my husband's line because, you know, I said, you know, I walk up and said, hey, man, you know, Jesus loves you, and here are some free books for you. <laughs> and so I gave them to the, some people at the convenience store, right? The second thing that really impacted me was, I don't know if some of you remember a, a long time ago, Tom McKnight had done a seminar, a, a conference, a talk, and Andrea, I was talking to Andrea about this, on um, abortion, and how to defend a pro-life position from an evidential scientific standpoint. And, um, and so I had gone to that, but I would forgotten about that. Well, one of the speakers, and I can't remember who it was because I wasn't really paying attention, but I was paying attention to the message, just not the name of the speaker. And so um, he was going through all of those points that I had learned about in my early, early 20s. And, um, you know, the awesome thing is, is I got to use that. I was on Facebook, and um, somebody had posted about anti-abortion, about a question, um, something to the effect of, you know, um, protecting the unborn. So then you do that, and people are blasting, blasting, blasting. And I'm like... Keep your cool. I don't usually get in Facebook debates. I just don't. It's fruitless. Keep your cool. This is a chance for you to um, assert for the, for the unborn and, you know, to practice this not getting emotionally, you know, crazy about stuff. So I was able to talk, and I just kept it. You know, one of the things the Spirit talked about was not getting off on distractions. People will try to lead you with distractions. And I'm telling you, sometimes the distractions are heartbreaking. 
This particular lady was attacked, and as a result, she was pregnant. She was in pain. She was hurting. You could hear the hurt just pouring out of her words. What do you say to someone like that? And I just kept it. The question, what is it? Very simple question, but very few people will answer that question. What is it? And she would blast with more stuff, more stuff. And I said, again, what is it? And I just kept it to the question, kept it to the question. And I really believe that, that the conference has, had really um, given me the confidence to do that, for one, and giving me the tools to do that, for another. So I was really blessed um, by this weekend and just being able to hang out with everybody. I had a great time in my room, chilling and having fun. And, you know, so that was it. Okay, so I just want to say two things really quick. Um, first, Faith kind of, you know, she, re, she kind of talked about this during what she was talking about, but I just want to reiterate, um, you know, she got into that quiet time and she felt like God didn't do anything. And I, I know that this is something that Christians, they struggle with on a regular basis. We feel like God doesn't do anything in our quiet time sometimes. But I just want to ask you, is God in the business of doing nothing? No. And when we go and we, we spend that time with him in his word before his presence, we are in the presence of the living God. And we cannot enter into that presence and walk away unaffected. We cannot walk away unchanged. Never, when you go and you have a quiet time with the Lord, never is a minute wasted, no matter how long you are there, no matter how much you feel like nothing happened, God is always at work in our hearts and minds. And I just want to encourage you guys that I know Faith got around to that at the end of her, her uh, talk, but I just want to reiterate that um, never, ever does God do nothing when we come to him. And then my second point that I want to make is about the Rethink Conference. Um, you know, sometimes I think we can think, oh, what's the point of going just for a couple of days to hear a bunch of people talk about things that really they've already posted on their websites, and um, it's been said over and again, um, but I just want to, um, I guess, encourage you that something like this can be a great springboard. It's great for getting people pumped up. It's great to go hear these people talk in person. I don't know if you've ever heard Greg Kokel or Sean McDowell or Jay Warner Wallace talk in person, but, you know, it has a way of becoming more real to you and firing up your heart, and especially when you get to hear their testimonies in person. Um, something that God, I feel like God's kind of been laying on my heart a little bit. Um, I feel like this apologetics thing is really starting to explode. I mean, it, it's been building slowly for years, okay? I mean, the tactics book, I think, is like, what, 10 years old now or something that Greg Kokel wrote? And he, really, his ministry is, what, 20, 30 years old, 25 years old? Um, and he's been doing this apologetics, um, thinking about things from kind of from, a, from an evidential standpoint, um, and so, so slowly, I think this has been building and gaining traction, and now it's really starting to explode, and they're having rethink conferences all over the place, and um, people are going nuts over this. And I just want to read you this scripture. 
Second Timothy chapter 4, we all know it pretty well here. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebu- rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And I just, I have a burden in my heart. I feel like what's going on here with this apologetics thing exploding, I feel like, I feel like God is setting before our nation amazing proof of his existence. Um, I just feel like... The stuff that is coming up, um, you know, did, did you know that even the cosmic noise in the universe speaks to um, a beginning of the universe? Even, um, even the radiation in the universe, just things that we wouldn't even think of, they, they prove that there was a beginning. And if there was a beginning, there had to be a what? A beginner, right? And there's just all these amazing proofs coming up in our day that weren't previously there. Um, and I feel like God is setting before our nation um, sound doctrine that cannot be uh, refuted. I, I, I believe he is giving us uh, proofs that just scream his name in such a way that they cannot be, there's no other, there's no other explanation than that God exists. And I, th- I think that it is so that this scripture can come true. They're going to listen to sound doctrine, and they're not going to listen. And we need to be ready. And um, I guess I just want to kind of encourage you with that. I think God's at work. I think that he's fulfilling his scripture, and that this apologetics thing that's going crazy in our nation right now is part of it. So I just want to share that. I've been here at this church long enough to know that with this many people sharing, I shouldn't have prepared anything. <laughs> um, so I'm going to cut most of the stuff I was going to say to you all this morning and just leave you with two exhortations. Um, but I have been convicted recently of not talking to people about Jesus. I give the gospel on a regular basis in front of youth and in settings as a speaker. But when it comes to going up to people I don't know and talking to them, it's way outside my comfort zone. Okay, it's outside my comfort zone. And I don't know if y'all saw the bulletin today, quote from Charles Spurgeon. Um, he says, God, save us from living in comfort while sinners are sinking into hell. Okay, the Christian life is not about comfort. Okay, it's not about me being comfortable. And this past weekend when we were on the trip, over a over hundred life books, the Gospel of John, which is God's word. If you've read John recently, there's so much in there about It's all about Jesus and like how you can know Jesus and have eternal life. And so those books going out, even something as simple as that, is spreading the gospel to people. And we handed out over a hundred of them or prayed with people and shared with people. And it it was at gas stations and restaurants and Walmart. Okay, we all go get gas. Okay, if you drive a car, you get gas. I know a lot of you eat out. Okay, and probably everyone goes to Walmart. (laughs) All right. So it's not like these are the places we did it is like a special opportunity that we don't have. Um, So 
I encouraged the kids to do it, and they did it, and I only handed out three of the 100. Okay, not too great for me, um, but I, I did three, which was still outside my comfort zone, and my heart needs to catch up to my head because I know in my head that those who die apart from trusting Jesus are headed to hell. Okay, And so I know that I need to share with them. I know that that's true. My heart doesn't care enough in those situations where I feel awkward to do something about it. And so I've been praying for my heart to catch up to my head. So my, my exhortation, my first one, is to, this morning to be faithful and start sharing with people, even if it's as simple as giving them a little Gospel of John book. Okay, The start of doing that helps move your heart into the equation. You're stepping outside of your comfort zone. We have 1,100 life books left. We've handed over over 200 out in the past couple of weeks. Back there, you walk out the door, there's boxes there. Okay, Those are life books. They're designed to reach students, but it is the Gospel of John. It is the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is what people need. They need to hear the Gospel. If you don't feel comfortable giving out something designed for students or you think something else is more effective, I want you to write down ptl.org. Okay, PTL. It's really easy. PTL.org. $20 will get you 30 New Testaments. They also have Plan of Salvation in them. Um, And if you don't have, say... Yeah, they'll give you thirty for free. If you if you don't if you can't afford to spend twenty dollars on, they'll give you thirty for free. Okay, it's Gospel of John. Start there if you haven't started. Walk up and say, "Hey, have you ever read the Book of John, or has anyone ever given you this before?" Hardly anyone said no when we were handing them out on the trip. Almost everybody said they had never read the Gospel of John. Okay, out of the hundred people, no one had read the Gospel of John. Okay. Get it out there. Start getting outside of your comfort zone and be faithful in that small area. And if you do order your own, I have these little stampers. I'll give you one. You can stamp the church's name, address, and website on it in one stamp. So if you give it to somebody and they receive Christ, they want to know more, they can come to our church and they can talk to us. And my last exhortation is for you to pray. As Pastor Vaughn said a few weeks ago, pray and ask the Lord to send workers into the harvest field. Pray and ask the Lord to give you a heart for the lost, okay, and eyes to see them as he does. God so loved the world that he sent his son. God loved the world. We need to love them, okay? Ask him to give you a burden for the lost. On Wednesday night, IGY did this in small groups, and the group that I was in had just six people, and we prayed for 20 minutes until 9 p.m., which is when we end, and I was like, all right, I'm going to close it up, and I closed up in prayer. And then two of the youth in the group said, um, I think we should keep praying. And I was like, all right, praise God, let's do it. And they prayed another 25 minutes. So we spent 45 minutes like praying for God to save people and to give us a heart for them. It was awesome. They're catching God's heart for the lost, and they want people to come to know him. And we need to do the same. Okay? We need to pray for God to move on our hearts. So here's the life book, and um, they really are just right outside that door. Um, tomorrow's Halloween. I know not everyone does the trick-or-treating thing, but if you do, you're going to have a ton of kids knocking on your door wanting candy. So give them the candy, but give them the life book too. 
I mean, slip it in there. Most of the parents, anyway, are usually at the curb or they're not always with them. They won't even notice it from you if you're scared about that or something. Um, and if your kids are going out, I mean, grab a stack and get the treat and, hey, here's my treat back to you. I highly doubt the vast majority of people will not take a book from a kid. All right? And it would, it'll, it'll kind of get your kids out of their comfort zone a little bit and be some good practice for them. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, um, take, take a stack. Take as many as you want. If you, will, if you will pass them out, take as many as you want. Like Justice said, we have over 1,000 um, left. So with that, I'm going to pray, and we're going to wrap up the service. God, thanks for us hearing about the work you're doing. Um, you are a good God. You are a great God. We love you so much. I do pray that you'd use all those um, life books we handed out last weekend, uh, the ones we handed out um, the last two weeks, the 200 total. God, let those fall into the, the right hands, Lord, at the right time. Maybe some people won't even um, come across that for another year or two. We don't know, God, but you do. So use um, your providence, use your sovereignty to have the people read it when they need to, God. I pray that they would be reading it. They would respond, Lord. They'd read that plan of salvation and respond in faith to you, God, that you would use um, our efforts, Lord, um, that seem rather small sometimes. Um, Lord, use them to bring people to know you, God. Whether we hear about those stories this side of heaven um, or in heaven, God, um, use it, Lord. Use it to plant seeds. Use us to be the sowers and and the reapers, God. Um, Thank you for uh, who you are and for being so loving to us. We love you, God. Amen.